0: Welcome to the Iceland Travel podcast. I'm your Icelandic party enthusiast Skúli Arason. In this podcast, we learn various things about Iceland from those who know best. Ardningreitar Johansson guide, bar owner and theater director, met with me and we cover some important aspects of nightlife and culture in Iceland. On our excellent homepage, Icelandtravel.is, there are many informational blogs articles about Iceland and many aspects of the country. There are great features about nightlife, traditions and culture there that I highly recommend. There are also many tours to check out there, like the excellent Cheers to Reykjavik tour. So head on over to icelandtravel.is for more. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube as well. Say and hit those like and subscription buttons and get all the Iceland content and inspiration we have online.
1: How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, thank you. And you?
0: I'm, I'm doing good. It's, uh, it's a lovely day in Iceland, as every day in Iceland is. <laughs> yes, indeed. It just depends <laughs> on our mindset. Exactly. And how well you're dressed. Yes, we always try to be dressed according to weather. We have a pro tip, uh, many layers.
1: Yes, like an onion.
0: Like an onion. So would you say it's important, for example, in the nightlife of
1: Iceland to be an onion downtown Reykjavik? Yes, yeah. uh, but uh, I, it's definitely very important to dress well when you're going out in downtown Reykjavik because you will be bar hopping uh, The the scene here is quite different in that way, that you won't be going to one club for the night or something. But you have to make sure, because usually there's a trail of clothes from people they (laughs) leave behind. (laughs) So you forget one uh, thing at one place and the next thing at another, (laughs) etc. So I wouldn't dress your most fancy, fancy, most expensive
0: gear. So, so you would maybe recommend that when doing the bar hop, you jot down on your phone or something, like in a, in a memo, which places you went to at what times? Yes. For the day after. Exactly. When you call and check, is my
1: scarf at your place? <laughs> yeah. I was
0: there around nine.
1: Exactly. That's a, that's a very good tip for, for going out in, in Reykjavik, <laughs> because the amount of stuff left behind is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and 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 good people. When you when you're doing the nightlife here, we we don't need your scars. You can, you can get them back. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we party in Iceland. I would say maybe differently f- than some other people. I, I we put we are in the same category as the Scandinavian countries.
1: Yeah. Right. And even take it to even mm. further extremes. Yeah. Uh Of course, we have darker longer winters etc uh, and we're also workaholics yeah so weekends tend to be when kind of the people who work their their regular jobs get their weekend off uh, they party like crazy and uh, we have I think longer opening hours than most of the nightlife in Scandinavia mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it, it can be quite quite crazy the midweek can be Quite quiet you find more maybe all kinds of shows or concerts and stuff like that so you can always go out in the midweek but the dancing into the wee hours is kind of bound to weekends
2: yeah
0: it's friday and saturday for us
1: yeah and how long is the hours now no the the government is changing the hours regularly it's Uh, It depends on each council or or town, but in Reykjavik uh, it is either 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock or Mm
2: -hmm.
1: 4.30. That the permits, depends on permits, uh, how long it is. That's the weekends. On weekdays it's uh, always 1 o'clock. Okay. So no late nights. So you can always go on a tour the day after, even though you've had a good night out.
0: Yeah. And if you have a good night out coming back at 4.30... And you'll just do an afternoon tour instead exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah it's great uh, iceland we drink fairly heavily on those days because we try to skip drinking on other days
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then we say okay i'm old for the other days right so
1: yeah uh <laughs> that has though been changing a little bit in the very recent years
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so we do happy hours um, but they are not the same as as kind of the happy hours you know in the States or in the UK or something like that. It's more like special offers on uh, alcohol and mostly beer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's really just a discount. And it's that has kind of forced people to, and, and people are changing kind of a little bit, going more out in the afternoon and often getting quite tipsy and staying longer than the happy hours, or longer than they intended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it is slightly changing, but we are still, though, very much party, weekend party years. Yeah.
0: And, and I've noticed this change also, and it's just great to see that both the happy hours have been coming in strong, and things like brunches, uh, something probably in the last, what, 10, 15 years that has been really going up. I would say we're we're, we're getting cult- more cultured in many ways. Yes.
1: I mean, there's a huge, huge difference just 10 years from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I run a bar downtown Reykjavik, which mm. is kind of has a late night opening. Uh, and I started working on those premises uh, 10 years ago. Mm. And then we were only open on Friday nights and Saturday nights yeah. from 11 mm. to 6 in the morning. And it was very common in the wintertime that me as a bartender or shift manager, I would just sit in the window waiting and the first people would turn up sometime after 1, 1 1.30. That's when the first people would start to show up (laughs) and we would have to kind of push and shovel them out after 6.00. Uh, People were a lot drinking at home. This changed a lot with uh, when we had more visitors from abroad with a different culture. Mm -hmm. And that also made it possible for my venue today to have open. So now we're open, uh, or pre-COVID, we were open five days a week. Um, And we had drag shows. We have Kikioki Nights. It's our version of karaoke. We have big shows, small shows, concerts, this and that. Mm-hmm. And usually and often we have a dance floor going from 10, 11, which was unimaginable uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. And then the whole, I think, happy hour and uh, boozy brunch kind of culture started kicking in four or five years ago, yeah. for, for you know, yeah. in some scale. Which
0: is, I think, great, because we have to just uh, <laughs> spread out the joy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and for people to get together on more occasions than these crazy, all-out, uh, r- ridiculous Friday and Saturday nights. But I remember this culture of us Icelanders trying to party at home. yeah, And, of course, people are get carried away and forget to go downtown until it's after one or yeah, two or something.
1: Yeah, and I, I myself am awful in that because I, I like pre-gaming at, mm-hmm. at home and, and having kind of the chance to really chat to your friends and, and uh, socialize and, and also getting to know new people, friends of friends. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's an easier uh, atmo I think, yeah. uh, to, to kind of get to know people rather than on the dance floor. Yeah. Um, so I'm an awful person because I'm usually the last one to leave my house, for example, Then I'm usually going out around three. <laughs> so, okay. I, so I, you know, so, so you get one hour, <laughs> I get one, just like one hour or so, you know, on the dance floor.
0: Yeah. But, and, and it's of course very nice also with the bar hopping culture that when you want to, if you're in a group, say travelers going downtown, going bar hopping that you have. You know a quieter place a louder place you know so you get chances to talk to each other between the bars <laughs> yeah and on the quieter bars yeah
1: exactly yeah. and and it is a very quite straightforward easy setup and i remember from living abroad both in, in denmark in copenhagen and in london mm. uh, what i disliked the most there was the distance between from one place to the other having to take a cab or walk for half an hour 20 minutes here you just get down to the main strip uh, the main uh, shopping restaurant bar street uh, mm-hmm. in downtown Reykjavik and you just start on the top of it and you enter the bottom of it and <laughs> if you make it to the bottom of it and you can <laughs> pop in uh, or you know skip a queue here go in there find all kinds of places you can find the place for if you're over 60, 70, really, really drunk, <laughs> <laughs> drinking out your uh, social benefits, or you can find a, a really <laughs> fun and hopping place and, and really cool bars and, and champagne bars or cocktail bars or, or whatever, you know, it's yeah. just one strip that you just yeah. stroll down. Yeah, it's, so so it's just Leuer in
2: yeah.
0: which is the main shopping street. And it's, of course, nice that you mentioned that it's all, it's all downhill.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's best to start at the top. You don't want to go, you know, the other way. You don't want to try to climb it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard enough to visit all those places. It's,
1: you don't have to yeah. strain your legs or something. It isn't that steep. But when you've had a few drinks uh, and if you had a few dances, it can feel quite steep, uh, <laughs> you know, at the end of the night. Yeah, and of course in the
0: wintertime, watch out for those uh, slippery uh, sidewalks. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I myself, uh, I'm awful. I live just off the uh, main street, mm-hmm. uh, and when I go out, I often take a cab home <laughs> for two minute ride. <laughs> you know, especially in the winter time, uh, picking up you know a warm slice of pizza. Holler a cab. Oh yeah, and take it home. That's the classic. We have a few classic like after
0: party restaurants, or um, I wouldn't say restaurants, of course, to <laughs> <laughs> no, <a> takeaway huts. <laughs> yeah, takeaway places downtown.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's it's vital to to end it with a good slice of pizza or a good kebab or or something and, yeah. and take it home and munch.
0: And and maybe maybe leave half of it until the day
1: after, yeah. It's, yeah, keep it on the <laughs> nightstand till next to you in the bed, so you when you wake up and feel like shit, you can just grab it and, and re-energize.
0: Excellent. I'm sometimes thinking, <clears throat> Iceland is a young country, kind of, mm-hmm. right? And how, how, because this culture changes fast. Yes. Yeah. Just like we're, we're talking about for the last 10 years, it changed from this. And we had some crucial nightlife changes through the years. There's one big one that happened in 1989.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the biggest, right? That was... Well, there have been quite, I think, a few big ones. But this is the one that that kind of surprises people the most. Mm -hmm. Because uh, beer being banned until 1989 sounds very, very ridiculous and is very, very ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Because there, there were so many things in Icelandic culture that you would only imagine from some Soviet state in the mid-60s or something like that or some kind of, I don't know. Even though at the whole time we had, uh, or most of the time, we had a right-wing government, mm-hmm. we still had this kind of really, really strict uh, regulations, for example the the beer ban dogs not being allowed in Reykjavik until 85 uh, TV you know, no TV until 19, 1966 and then no TV for the month of July and no TV on Thursday evenings, <laughs> you know uh, and all these kind of little things crazy things that, and restrictions um, but when it comes to, to the nightlife uh, the beer ban uh, was a was a really, is a really strange one. Yeah. Um, and I remember, uh, because this is when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember uh, when my parents were going abroad and they were allowed to buy beer at the duty-free. Oh, yeah. One case of beer to bring back from the duty-free. <laughs> and that was like gold, you know, in... I, I, it sounds like gold to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they were. It was like treated like gold bars in the in the fridge. You could maybe, maybe
0: ask for a huge favor for somebody and give them one beer in return. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> because at the time, people were trying to, uh, people were trying to kind of make their own beer, uh, mm-hmm. mixing together the uh, non-alcoholic beer, which was allowed. Mm-hmm. With shots of gin or shots of vodka or something like that, shots of moonshine, even shot of moonshine yeah. mixing it with it, and it's yeah, that's one of the, the weirdest parts, but that's that tells us a, I think a little bit about Iceland there's uh, connection uh, with alcohol, because we had the prohibition uh, mm-hmm. years. then we kind of were forced into having alcohol in Iceland because our business trade deals with Spain and Portugal we were exporting a lot of of uh, bacalao or salted cod mm-hmm. and the uh, they they demanded that we would take buy off them red wine yeah. instead mm-hmm. and and because of this business trade and export uh, values that was the only reason at the time that uh, alcohol was allowed back again oh. after uh the prohibition years. <laughs> so and and prior to that of course people had uh quite a history with alcohol dating way back I think to the settlement. Yeah. Uh of course the the vikings and the settlers they were always kind of drinking their meat or beer mm-hmm. um ale that they made. And then we had the uh, really strange years of where the church ruled everything, yeah. and it was basically the church and the rich who had access to alcohol um, was it wine or no they were they were importing mostly brandy cognac red wine a uh, red wine for the church, and it was only the shop owners and and the Danish kind of yeah. um, shopkeepers that that uh, were able to get alcohol. So it was only the highest class of society. The lower class was trying to make uh, alcohol out of what they could find. And in Iceland's case, it was mostly out of potatoes. Yeah. And that's why we have black death. Black death. Is that, that, that's a potato-based thing? That's a potato-based with uh, caraway seeds
2: mm.
1: in it. So these were two types uh, of things you could actually make alcohol from and season it with, yeah. and that is still kind of served as the traditional Icelandic alcohol, even yeah. though today we have many, many, many great brands of all kinds of, of vodka and gin and and uh, all these t- little breweries and, and uh, distilleries. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is kind of the typical Icelandic drink to drink that is Black Death, uh, yeah. or if you would, uh, the Icelandic name is Brandnivin. Um and if you translate the name of that directly, it means burning wine. It does burn. It does burn right <laughs> down to your belly. But I think I think it was a, a a a vital thing though to have when you were when we could only travel on foot or on horses, because it really gives you a shot of warmth throughout the whole body.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a it's a it's a taste you either love or hate. Yeah. Uh, and for. Even in the 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, up to the 80s, when people were going out, they would usually just, you could only kind of buy brandy black death, (laughs) and people stopped treating it so much as a a snub, which it is, uh, and started mixing it with Coke or or something like that, and drank it, (laughs) and got absolutely hammered, Uh, you know. So drinking wine, or drinking beer, or, or, or drinking slowly was not a culture that we knew, no. and, and, and that is more of a culture that has been coming to us in the recent years.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: it, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's lovely, I have these memories of Brennevin and Coke yeah. since
0: I was younger. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of outlawed today, I, I, can't, I can hardly imagine it. Anyone drinking Brennevin no. uh, Black Death in, in
1: Coke? If we say Brennivan now, I always think of shark. Yes. Yeah, uh yeah, absolutely, because that's how it's usually what it accompanies is is the uh, fermented shark in the in the old Nordic food festival uh, food celebrations in in the start of the year, etc. Yeah, and I remember it being called uh, Daddy's Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Papa Coke. Papa Coke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And saying, no, 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 don't, because as a kid, you know, if you saw a glass of Coke or something, yeah. of course you wanted to have a sip, and, and you'd be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, there were no slices of lemon in that drink. No, no, <laughs> not, at, not at all.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, and, and of course, uh, Brennevin or, or Black Death is used to kind of wash down the nasty taste of the fermented shark. Yes. It's a, it's a thing that we have both experienced with uh, tourists, I guess. Yes. Having both, you know, worked with some tourists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's just so strange that we have the food tradition of Thorra Blot Yeah. With all this specific Icelandic food. Yeah. And sometimes even the
1: Icelandic people are not so fond of it. No, I hate it. <laughs> I <mean> too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I pretend to not to hate it until after people have tasted it. Yeah. No, but you know, it's I think it's foul. Both. <laughs> yeah, because we had to have the original
0: methods of storing this food throughout the winter without fridges or anything.
1: Yeah, uh, and and all this kind of uh, soaking in whey or soaking in salt or smoking or uh, fermenting, etc. All these uh, old kind of preservative traditions... Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad we have just one period of the year where this is celebrated and yeah. you can just skip it, you know. I have a few things off the trays that are offered, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: The, the the dried fish, it's great. Yeah. Smoked lamp, it's great. Yeah. There's some great things there, but some of it mm. is kind of nasty Tasting and also kind of the, the, just the image of some of these things, and it's not so nice either.
1: No, uh, pickled <laughs> rams' testicles. This <laughs> does not sound very uh, appetizing. No. But then also, also, uh, so many of it is so fat. It's so rich in fat, mm-hmm. and of course, people needed that when yeah. they were living in turf houses and they were working hard labor all day and the, this was usually uh, the food that you would start eating just after christmas when you were running out of everything fresh you oh, needed yeah. to start eating that in the coldest months in the months that you needed to really survive but we don't need all that uh, fat no today in our in our <laughs> diet
0: no no it was like um, a self-imposed well well it's it's just like a like a fast that you had to go on just to survive the winter yeah yeah and and it's always fascinating to me to think about Iceland, you know, back in the years, maybe between 1600 and 1900. Yeah. While Euros, Europe was, you know, by and large, quite sophisticated or, mm-hmm. or advanced. And we basically just weren't.
1: Not at all. Uh, and and everything here, for example, industrialization happened some hundred years later. Mm -hmm. We were always about 100 years behind the times in everything here, basically because we were on an isolated island in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, it is a really tough country to survive in, and we didn't have the infrastructure that we have today to make it easier, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and we just didn't have either... uh, No, we just didn't have the um, funding to kind of start the basic... Modern culture that was needed. Uh, we were of course uh, part of Denmark then, mm. and and a lot of our um, our products that we made were shipped to Denmark. Mm. And I mean, some say we were kind of uh, exploited by the Danish, but then the I think the reality is that that these contracts that we had ensured that we got. Uh, routes say or sailing routes open yeah. here. Uh, we were able to kind of keep connection uh, with the outer world, even though we were this isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was always you always knew the farmers always knew what they were going to get for the products mm-hmm. because it was just uh, baseline of prices etc. Even though the market abroad was going up or down, I don't know what it didn't affect us. So in some parts it was really bad. And other parts, it was uh, quite beneficiary for us. But it meant it kept us down at this level of being 100 years behind. behind. Yeah. And
0: and I, I'm thinking it, it almost sounds like with these fixed prices and fixed things, that's a tradition that maybe crept into us being fixed with, brand being fixed with non-TV. Yeah. Fixed with so many things because we think it's like... A, we, it's like we're being hard on ourselves and say we shouldn't, you know, <laughs> we shouldn't let loose and we shouldn't, you know, diversify our, our 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 infrastructure or anything because you know that's the way we're
1: used to. That's the way we're <laughs> used to, and that is a very typical, I think, a, a very typical Icelandic way of thinking and seeing things, up to the nineteen nineties, uh, and but I think then we kicked in full force of going the other. Way yeah. of opening up to, uh, up opening up to the world, opening up to uh, all kinds of things, and human rights, uh, women's rights, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So eighties, mm-hmm. nineties, I think prior to that, uh, if you didn't fit the exact box that the government created for you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you were kind of screwed. Yeah. But but after that, I think we went. Yeah. Quite quite crazy, you know, if you, if you could say so.
0: Yeah, it's it's like, uh, I often think about, like, for the rights for the gays in, yeah. in Iceland, it's so crazy today because we're so used to everything being very open, very liberal, I guess, yeah. in Iceland compared to some other places, yeah. even. But not before maybe 1990 and not before maybe even 2000. I mean, yeah. these things have been changing so fast. Yeah. And when we hear the stories about... The rights movements of the gays in Iceland yeah. before nineteen ninety—it's kind of painful just to hear how strict and uh, how the general consensus wasn't really on board for Absolutely. those rights.
1: and I mean, I mean, and we're talking about the gays and lesbians that it started to change for in the mid nineties.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and we are maybe are talking about mid-2000s that that the rest of the umbrella of the queer term Mm -hmm. came into spotlight. Yeah. Uh, The changes have been ridiculously fast. Mm -hmm. It's the same with women's rights. Uh, Today we have, we are running the 11th year in a row marking as the best country for women to live in. Yeah. uh, According to the World Economic Forum.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, And that's a norm for us today yeah. but in the 80s we just had housewives and and uh, mothers and mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that uh which of course is a uh, a role on its own but it didn't have the space that it should yeah. in in the society yeah um so i think all kinds of culture when it comes to nightlife alcohol mm-hmm. um foreign influences, diversity, Mm -hmm. uh, cuisine, uh, everything was kind of very much at a standstill until close to uh, the millennium.
0: And I think for us, for example, just to be, you know, I don't know, growing up during these years, you know, between 80s, 90s, uh, 2000s, etc. to see and remember all kinds of small and big changes in Iceland yeah. For example, when we had the olives in Iceland, <laughs> yeah. when pepperoni was new, yeah, exactly, or feta, feta cheese—all these
1: new things, things that were just
0: unthinkable.
1: Yeah, and I, <laughs> I remember—I uh, always remember uh, when the band Couscous uh, yeah. came out and and was a really big hit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, couscous was something <laughs> in cuisine that was fairly new. Yeah. And people kept mixing those things together yeah. and never realizing if people were talking about the food or the band yeah. couscous or couscous, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and that was kind of a, I, I remember it was probably some two odd years that couscous was the main in fashion food uh, yeah. in alternate parties. Yeah the sweet pot, uh, potato followed, you know, yeah. and the sweet potato <laughs> that was served with everything, yeah. you know, and it, it is so funny to be a little isolated country
2: yeah,
1: in that way, uh, but thankfully, things catch on here. Yeah, things catch
0: on and, and it's so nice also that we have these rapid mental changes with everything, you know, now everything is kind of fair game, you know, we can yeah. check anything out or, or do many things and, and that applies to the nightlife. It applies to the general culture of people, you know. Yeah. So it's 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 nice to know that we're uh, we're we're developing quite fast.
1: And developing quite fast, and 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 what I I find the most uh, enjoyable is that all of a sudden uh, there is kind of no box. Uh, mm-hmm. People are free, kind of, to do, be, or say or experiment in arts, in culture, in personal life, mm-hmm. uh, in public life, in whatever,
2: yeah.
1: uh, the way they want. Uh, and, and that's kind of the biggest change uh, in a nation's mentality that mm-hmm. I, I, I find is very, very good and, and fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and catching, you know, and just, you know, we see in the, in the out in the world, uh, of course, there are generations... And the generation that is coming up now is very uh, thinking about mother nature, thinking about human rights, thinking about all these uh, basic kind of things that are on young people's mind today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I think that is even more common because I think you need to have a certain background uh, in other countries. Here, I th- I think it can spread more evenly mm-hmm. uh, and faster. Yeah, uh, which is I think quite quite funny to to witness.
0: It's a fun to witness, and, and I think even some of these cultural changes. Makes us more grateful for them, yeah, <laughs> because we didn't always have TV on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're very happy with having Netflix or whatever. <laughs> it's exactly. just a privilege, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All these things that we didn't have yeah. makes us double less as, as thankful for them today. Yeah, That's, it's 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 a nice a nice thing, and and just for us, for example, to see the changes in the culture of the nightlife. Lo- Yeah, which we're happy to tell you guys listening is is not at all aggressive in Iceland, it's very chilled and cosmopolitan if you want to, in in a general sense. Unless you're going okay, one thing that I do kind of miss from the nightlife culture though, that are the dances in the countryside,
1: yeah, yeah, called called in Icelandic svetabol or
0: countryside dance,
1: yeah, countryside. Dance, yeah, where there would be specific type of bands that would kind of play specific kind of music and and uh, that everybody can dance to and, and sing to. Uh, they have kind of stopped, but I think they will make a comeback. I, I'm hoping so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure of that. And you would usually... Just get a a designated bus Mm -hmm. uh, to go out in the countryside on a bus where you would be Mm pre-drinking with your friends and take the then the bus back to your into town into Reykjavik into whatever. Yeah, Uh, that is one thing that has kind of uh, died out, or or should we say? I I think
0: I think it's died out. It's moved into the territory of being like. it's a, it's it's made by companies for their employees kind of thing yeah yeah that's that's what's happening with that culture yeah or or even going into just being weddings or big big birthdays but it was a very specific icelandic thing and it's even a it's it's a thing where where, yeah, where you had your brennivin and coke <laughs> in a bottle <laughs> yeah. and and you know there were sheep maybe outside and exactly everyone scream singing the newest uh, pop songs of iceland and of course, with the changes, this is one of the things that kind of went to bed. And also, maybe because just the the countryside culture has changed so much. Of
1: course. Yeah. Um, you could. I, I always see this as a little bit a parallel to uh, the country American country dances that you see yeah. in uh, in movies. Mm-hmm. That is kind of stopped. But uh, that that being said, also uh, because the bands and that were playing. They were very mainstream, very pop mm-hmm. that were doing that. So, they were not doing So, that's the difference from the country yeah. dances. Um, but I think the music scene, also uh, in Iceland in general, mm. uh, ha- is so much more diverse yeah. and so much more experimental. Yes, it and, is. And there is such a, a, a great opening for people to actually, you don't have to necessarily think so much about making it, selling music, selling these dances, et etc. Mm-hmm. et uh, People are more giving things a go. And I think that's, I would say, a space that people like Björk, Björk Gvimmisdóttir, uh, Sigur and bands like that uh, have kind of, is their legacy mm-hmm. uh, for for the music industry in Iceland to evolve. Yeah.
0: And out of that came, for example, one thing which I'm really happy about, that you have a lot of options with concerts mm-hmm. and music or art-related happenings mm-hmm. around town in Reykjavik, for example, any given on a normal Friday, let's say in 2021, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a normal Friday probably you have, you have an option of going to like five uh, art uh, openings at five on a, on a Friday. Yeah. Those kinds of things are, are so common now, and you have all these original concert spaces, just like Mainkey downtown, which is a, a small concert place, but has mm-hmm. these very original things to do. And this is, of course, one of the things that people love about Iceland, is mm-hmm. the music scene.
2: Yeah,
0: And just like the the, the, yearly, the yearly festival, people come just to experience some music in Iceland, Yeah, which is, of course... Uh, after Björk and zeros it's yeah. like a thing that rose very quickly and
1: yeah. and happily so absolutely absolutely and and I mean you can uh you can like you say on a friday night you can also just hop and do an art gallery opening some sort of uh, theater performance drag show or a cabaret kind of a show burlesque mm-hmm. uh various types of concerts yeah and then you can end up uh, dancing the night away. You I know? mean, it's a long day. It's a long day, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and that's what I, I, I think is quite um, uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, that you can also just have the opportunity because of the, it is small. It is a small yeah. nightlife scene, but it's so diverse and the distances are so short. That you can hop from one another, uh, seeing, exploring,
0: uh, all these different things. You all know? these different yeah, things. Yeah, just next to each other. It's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and and then I was thinking you could also do like uh, hopping around the country. Yeah. <laughs> with 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 similar results because, uh, along with tourism. Yeah. restaurants bars microbreweries yeah. those kinds of things have been opening you know around the whole of Iceland yeah and i was i was at the microbrewery uh, when it was okay to be there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i saw this lovely map it had a map of the microbreweries of Iceland yeah it was just a, just a tourist map just like showing you the main attractions of you know i don't know museums or something mm-hmm. but it was a map for no, the microbreweries no, no, no. And you only had to drive one hour usually between the microbreweries of the country, yeah. which is found in every location now. So there are many microbreweries where you can taste these crazy beers they make everywhere yeah. and experience usually some interesting foods at the same time.
1: Absolutely. And that is that is something that has really uh, come to life and changed in the recent years. The reality of tourism in Iceland used to be... Uh, it was bound from through May, June, July, and August. Mm-hmm. Usually places would be closed uh, other months of the year if they were outside of Reykjavik. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: having this diverse kind of tourism all over the islands um, leaves space for also artists to travel yeah. and musicians to move. And that's something we've also seen a lot more. And also... Uh, gives people the opportunity to, to be creative even if you're far out in the East you yeah. can open up a little culture center mm-hmm. with which uh, welcomes all kinds of artists and musicians and theaters mm-hmm. and etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. And, and and for example, one of uh, I think five um, professional theaters in Iceland, is on Sneifelsnes Peninsula yeah. in the West, in a town of 170 people. Mm-hmm. And that venue uh, caters for theater. It is uh, catering for all kinds of music and concerts, uh, movie screenings, etc. in mm-hmm. a town of 170. This is Rief, right? Rief, yeah, in, in Sneifelsnes Peninsula. Um, and people actually travel for, uh, for the two and a half hours to go to concerts or go to shows or go to, to whatever there. Uh, yeah, So uh, I think that's a wonderful change of how much it has expanded and is not bound necessarily only to Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. So if people want to uh, come to Iceland for the music or for the nightlife or for the culture scene, mm-hmm. uh, and that is something that interests you as a travel, uh, cuisine, uh, culture, uh, music, theatre, whatever... Uh, you don't have to focus on staying within the city limits no. of course spend a few days in Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. but then you can also explore and have the chance of then letting the nature uh, surprise you mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, yeah inspire you
0: yeah and 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 with that it's i love the fact that we have all these festivals kind of yeah Festivals like the music festival of Airways, which is the beginning of November. Mm-hmm. And then we have like in the East Iceland we have Lunka, which is mm-hmm. an art party festival yep. in the summer. So so around the country there are festivals and they're also spread throughout the year.
2: Yeah.
0: As to give everyone a chance <laughs> to experience maybe some kind of party festival. And then we have these specific weekends that Icelanders just love. Yeah. S- even like the first weekend in
1: July, that's often party weekend. Yep, that is kind of when you are the most safe of getting a really good weather. Yeah. So that was kind of the big travel weekend back in the when people uh, locals here would go camping. Yeah. Of course, then we have the first weekend of uh, August. Or oh, let me rephrase that. So the first Monday of August is a bank holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the weekend before that is always also very very big, and there are very various festivities and festivals all over the island. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have also just heavy metal uh, yeah. festivals. You name it in the in the East Fjords in a in a tiny tiny town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, visiting in summertime. And when people have been asking me, when should I visit, and this is what I want, and, and give descriptions, I usually say, okay, uh, come at the end of July mm-hmm. and leave at the end of August. Yeah. <laughs> because we have <laughs> we have big festivities. Oh, my God, we yeah, have,
0: August is the big
1: one. August is the big one. Yeah. And we have Reykjavik Pride, which mm-hmm. is seven-day festival for mm-hmm. everyone. And it's mm-hmm. a, the Reykjavik Pride is quite different from Pride's... Uh, around the world, because here it is a uh, family celebration, an yeah. educational program, etc. Um, and up to one third of the nation usually attends the uh, pride parade itself.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy statistic. <laughs> crazy statistics,
1: because uh, the, the um, creators of the Reykjavik pride decided not to look at it as a march for rights, mm. but as a celebration uh, for diversity and welcoming uh, the whole community to celebrate with the queer community, yeah. uh, and the one uh, of the leaders there phrased it very beautifully when he said, you know, we decided to fight with open arms instead of raised fists. Yeah. Um, then following that is a Requiem Culture Night, which is of course uh, in the city and absolute explosion of all types of culture for 24 hours um concerts everywhere arts happening everywhere theater happening everywhere Mm. uh firework shows out in the street partying kind Uh, of yeah Yeah. so I would say August is kind of if you like these kind of things and if you like to party Mm um I would say come in August stay for a long period yeah But also make sure that, you know, after that period, you give your liver a rest. (laughs) 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 If you drink. If you drink. If uh,
0: if, if you don't drink, then, you know, get some time to
1: sleep. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's going to be taxing anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And then there's one point of the Reykjavik nightlife or Icelandic nightlife that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. And that is the uh, 24-hour bright. Uh, Brightness in the summer.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's the,
0: yeah.
1: And that is something that after hibernating in the winter, Mm -hmm. where you get through uh, many days with going out, seeing your friends over a pint or whatever, then when it quickly turns into 24 hours of daylight, you have no idea what time it is, you have no idea if it's appropriate (laughs) or not to be drunk or, or not. And you get all this overload of vitamin D that we've been lacking in the yeah. winter months. Um, the nightlife t- can kind of goes quite crazy. Yeah, and it's really fun.
0: It's really fun. I mean, to go outside. Let's say you 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 start bar hopping at you know in the evening, and then you're maybe going out from some bar. Yeah. At three or four or whatever, and you see the sun come up, shining into your face. Yeah. It's
1: just... It's a strange feeling. And it's, it's not even, you, you come out and it's really bright. The sun hasn't really come up and then it all, all of a sudden appears because it's always just kissing the horizon,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just going down and straight up again. Mm. And even, you know, what I find uh, most hilarious is that, that people just in general get hyperactive uh, during these months mm. and this period So when you're actually coming out at 3 o'clock in the morning out from a darkened club and you really feel and know how ugly you look (laughs) (laughs) from a long night out, but you can be sure when you're walking home that there will be a little old lady in the middle of uh, 3 o'clock in the morning and she's out uh, brushing her uh, front yard or, you know, (laughs) putting out flowers or doing something odd, this and that. You know, people kind of start to just function on 24 hours. Don't know where they are <laughs> yeah the
0: normal the normal schedule doesn't apply anymore no it's
1: just it's out the window yeah.
0: uh, everything's allowed at any given time yeah. yeah it's 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 a beautiful thing and it's nice to mention that people maybe are not so much out of their houses in the middle of the winter and you know you have all the, which we of course we talk about all the time iceland is always changing yeah and not only within the land itself but especially according to seasons with all these Different traditions and slower months, and you have maybe something to do with the northern lights, and then you have something to do <laughs> with the, with the sun in the, in the in the middle of the summer, which is so nice.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I didn't actually realize this until I moved abroad. Yeah, and and stayed for abroad during wintertime and summertime. Mm-hmm. Because this was such a norm thing for me, and yeah. people generally ask, you know, how can you sleep in the summer? How can you wake up in the winter? How you know? And and that is something that your uh, body adjusts to
2: mm-hmm. actually
1: quite quickly.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and instead of having twenty-four hour cycle, we have twelve month cycle in somehow in our brain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, learning to cope with this, mm-hmm. and then. It just becomes normal for you to have uh, the energy of a Duraz bonnie during the summer, <laughs> and then uh, in the winter time you go into a little bit of uh, polar bear mode of, of you move a little slower yeah. and you put on more tea lights and and can- light candles and and uh, a little bit more hygge, like they say in, yeah. in Scandinavia and, and you're just more of a slow comfortable pace and it and it shows mm-hmm. in in nightlife
0: it does and, and things get, get you get this gradual sense <laughs> of you know the energy just flowing up you know between april and may for example when it's getting brighter every day and you feel like people are like moving a little bit faster shaking their shoulders yeah a little, little bit more forcefully And i get reminded that you know i need to take my vitamin d now it's this is recorded in december it's yeah it's not the, the, bright at the moment exactly
1: <laughs> And there is there is one thing I think uh, that we have to mention, and that is Icelanders' passion for Eurovision.
0: Oh yeah, that that is true. It's a uh, yeah. This is one of the things that we do more than most of the countries <laughs> probably.
1: <are> <laughs> uh, so Eurovision is for those who don't know it uh, a song contest created uh, back in the post just post World War Two, mm-hmm. and it was seen as a. Is a uh, channel to to kind of reunite uh, war torn Europe uh, coming together in singing and in, and through music. The kind of real though reason behind it is satellite testing. So the testing, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> testing satellites and how they can broadcast between countries and 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 send out news at, et cetera.
0: Went very well.
1: Uh, went very well, <laughs> uh, and now it's a it's a. a a music competition where uh, most countries in Europe participate, mm. uh, and then some other countries that are obsessed with uh, Euro Euro pop music. Yeah, we
0: had Israel and Australia, right?
1: Israel and Australia, and and uh, yeah, we have quite a, a quite a number, I think, of of uh, countries participating that are not, and now they are thinking about starting up the American version uh, of Eurovision. What? Is that going to be tw- between the States? Yeah, between the States. Oh! <laughs> so countries compete with an original song, and <laughs> they have to perform it through two eliminations, and those who get to the final... Uh, there It is a quite a spectacular show, and it is full of gimmicks. Um, a lot of music of... I, would, I don't know how to phrase this nicely but some of it is very good and and some of it is not very good i think it's we, we talk about be, the, the music being kind of kitsch yeah it's kind of kitschy poppy yeah. um campy but you have
0: you have these 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 traditions there for example you have a kitsch pop song and it's very nice to throw in an element of folky yeah folkiness so you have a a techno song from Norway with a violin
1: <laughs> exactly or or a kind of a, a kind of a rap song with yodeling
0: yeah yeah rap song <laughs> with yodeling, bulgarian folk singing with 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 kind of a trap beat yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know it it is it has all kinds of rules and and regulations that are are really make it also very interesting maximum and 3 minutes that's what maximum 3 minutes no more than 6 people on stage uh, and then the televoting and adding up and all that. And it's uh, for quite many European countries, they don't really pay attention to it unless they are music nerds or or the gays or uh, something like that. But Iceland just go absolutely bonkers. Yes, this
0: is one of the big party nights here.
1: Yeah, and I think that has to do with the fact that this is always at the beginning of May. Oh, So this is always the first night, big night out after it gets bright all night long. When you mention it... I think this makes total sense. It
0: it coincides with like schools finishing. Yeah. So people are we're like lambs being let out of our our houses, you know, yeah. in the summer.
1: Yeah. Cows running let. into
0: the fields of happiness.
1: Yeah, cows <laughs> let out of the sheds in the, in the springtime. <laughs> yeah. And it it is it is I think crazy fun and it it, it marks the beginning of the summer season and summer party long bright nights mm-hmm. uh, and. I, don't, I can't think of a better way to do that but with uh, cheesy pop songs.
0: Yeah, cheesy pop songs and good friends, you know? Yeah. Having a nice time in, 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 in somebody's house. It's, it's usually somebody who, you know, holds the party yeah. and invites everyone and people get together. And,
1: yeah, it's, and they're often drinking games and competitions along with this thing. And usually you can you can if you have kids you can kick your kids to someone's house and there would be a kids' party for it yeah. and then the adult party for it the drinking games not so much the kids' parties <laughs> uh, and and it's it's a it's a great fun and a great excuse to to let your hair down mm-hmm. after long winter months i think um and it's quite quite fun if if people don't know it or don't watch it I recommend you know creating something. Around it, you can uh, Google Eurovision Song Contest, but
0: you can also, of course, check out the movie
1: they made. Yeah, yeah. Will Ferrell made on Netflix (laughs) Uh, 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 a movie about Eurovision, and it it actually is set around the Icelandic uh, entry, and at some I don't know what year it was supposed to be. It's probably just
0: this year or something. (laughs) (laughs) This year or something.
1: It's it's. I think it's really. I love this movie because it's cheesy, it's, it's cheap, very... it, but it's funny and and it actually has one or two quite okay songs in it. You know? Yeah, I mean the final song is great.
2: Yeah.
0: And of course Yaya Ting Tong that made people may know, you know. Yeah. Play Yaya Ting Tong. Yeah. I sometimes work as a DJ and when the movie was fresh I had to play Yaya Ting tong, a <laughs> bit too much. <laughs> yeah. I can not imagine. <laughs> but it also the movie has some great scenes of iceland even though they're kind of they're, <laughs> they're made kind of cheesy you know i uh, think like jumping whales
1: just outside húsavík and <laughs> yeah and the elves kind of coming and going and and all the all the clichés about iceland but eurovision is one big cliché yeah so doesn't... so
0: it's a, it's a similar take on iceland almost they have a kitschy touristy (laughs) (laughs) stereotype vision of us which is just fun to see you
1: know it's just great fun and Pierce Brosnan pretending to be Icelandic and speak Icelandic they're all speaking Icelandic oh (laughs) it's such
0: a point of honor for us when we have foreigners trying to speak Icelandic
1: even though we didn't understand a word they were saying (laughs) it was still great honor (laughs) thank you for trying
0: yeah thank you for trying we have all these movies and stuff where people (laughs) (laughs) are really trying to speak Icelandic Vikings and stuff it's just great fun for us yeah it's a yeah. small community you can speak whatever you want to <laughs> we don't care <laughs> exactly. at least try. yeah this is great absolutely yeah so uh i think we're, we record so many things on there. yeah i feel like i feel like all of you guys should have a very good mental image of what to expect yeah and how to behave behave well re- behave responsibly wear many layers yeah always and oh. it's okay to look cool
1: Yeah, Yeah. there are, and you don't have to worry about if you only brought your uh, outdoor gear or clothes or something like that. We are not very stressed when it comes to, or strict when it comes to dress code, and we don't charge into our places like most other countries do. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's all just basically live and let go and be happy and enjoy and be a a proper party goer and, 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 respect each other and 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 have fun and dance and sing and and you know yeah let loose we love the parkas that
0: every tourist wears <laughs> yeah. and it just helps us we won't address you in icelandic <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that's quite okay
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> <That's quite> okay. <laughs> excellent yeah.
0: thank you so much
1: oh thank you My let's pleasure. go downtown yes let's go drink <laughs> it's happy hour <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: have a nice day everyone <laughs> yeah. bye-bye